Merson has scored. Arsenal legend Paul Merson, John O'Shea, and Wes Brown are coming to Dublin. It's an exclusive off-air event. So if you want to be there, get onto offtheball.com forward slash events. Just eat the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. You ain't shit! I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. My fans can be the harshest critics, you know. They often are. A wife is often the harshest critic of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof it the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochard has never spoken to Jimmy McGinnis in his life. And this is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John's looking with you through to five. You can text us 53106 or streaming the conversation as well. So you can listen on News Talk across the country, but also watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels on Twitter, at Off the Ball, YouTube, and Facebook. This is the Saturday panel. Today marks the start of the Senior Hurling Championship when it comes to the race for the big prize, the Lee McCarthy Cup, at the end of July. Joining us to look ahead to the season over the next hour, the former All Ireland winning captain with Kilkenny, Brian Hogan, the ex hurler of the year from Clare, James O'Connor, and the former Offaly player and now GA rider with the Irish independent Michael Verney. Brian, James and Michael, how's the form this afternoon? Good, John. Good to my honours don't, don't sound great in comparison to the boys, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Michael, Michael, you're here for the writing on the radio. That's what you're here for. <laughs> good man, good man. Just to let you know, folks, the John McDonough Cup is underway as well. We can't uh, we can't ignore that. So Kerry leading uh, Kildare by seven points to six. But great to talk to you all. Just go through the fixtures, folks. Leinster Hurling Championship, Brown Robin, round one. Antrim Dublin throws in at two at Cargan Park in Belfast. Galway Wexford half four throw in at Pierce Stadium all today. Kilkenny Westmeath, six o'clock at Nolan Park. Then tomorrow in Munster in the Hurling, round Robin, round one. Waterford Limerick in Semple Stadium at two. Clare and Tipperary in Ennis at four. Of course, Welsh Park has been kind of re- renovated at the moment. That's why Waterford are playing in third. So we've got a good structure, folks. Um, we have a bit of jeopardy to it. Three teams will lose out in Leinster, two in Munster. There's something online. Early doors. We love great hurling. But I suppose I want to ask you all about what you miss. James, what do you miss most about being a player now this time of the season? We're all getting excited about the hurling championship. Yeah, John, I suppose you, you love this time of the year once the, the clocks go back. Um, you know, most of the heavy physical trend is over and it's just the hurling and, and, and the club. I suppose the, the matches in training the A versus Bs, um, you know, mixing it up and, you know, I suppose look at the ball flying off the ground and, and getting yourself in your mind and your your touch and everything ready for, for what lay ahead. And I mean this was back when we played the um you know the championship fixtures are probably for the most part of my career it was straight knockout, uh, no back door. Um and uh, you know, the games were set in stone six, seven months in advance. So, you know, that date was etched in the calendar from from a long way out, whether it was tipped down in Porky Keeve or, or or Limerick in the Gaelic Grounds, whatever. Um, everything was geared towards getting yourself ready for for those days. But uh, it was look at the time for lives. I'm sure Hoagie said exactly the same thing and Michael that um to be part of it, um, you know, to be down in Turles or whatever in front of, you know, forty or fifty thousand people or down in Parky Keeve or, or ultimately in Croke Bark. Um, that's what any player is present and, and we were no different dreamed of. And uh, you know, we look at with some great days along the way, some disappointments. But yeah, certainly the the big the big days, John, that's that's what it was all about. And uh the buzz that was that you got from, you know, whether it was you know, bursting out onto Porky Keeve or Turles or walking behind the Artane Boys Band in Croke Park. That's that's what we all got the buzz from. That that's that that was where the Jews came from. And um yeah, it was look just a privilege to have been to have been part of it and to have played in so many of those big games. Was there a moment that sticks out, Jamesy? One moment. 
Best atmosphere ever played in John, 97 Munster final. Um, ourselves and Chip down at Parky Keeve. The place absolutely rocking. Um, brilliant state. The old stadium was just unbelievable. I know that the new stadium is, is fantastic as well, but just it had that bowl feel, John. All the noise stayed in the ground. And I remember, you know, we were pumped for it. Um, you know, we, we left at 10 o'clock that, or 8 o'clock that morning and then strolled down to the Hayfield Manor, had our breakfast, went to bed for a couple of hours. Frank Lohm was a UCC student at the Mardike lined up, um, got the bus to the ground, the police escort, and you know, it was just you were you were in the, the zone or whatever. And um, I remember coming out onto the, the, the stadium and the ground just the noise was just electric and thinking to myself, like this is what it's all about. This is what all the trends for. And thinking Tip won't get a reception like that. And Tip came out and it just felt like the ground shook, you know. So yeah, that atmosphere was was unbelievable. And um, you know, the Munster final obviously in ninety five, the 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 All Ireland final ninety seven, there were other highlights. But um but that, that day in Parker Key was special, John. It's funny where you are in your journey in life. I was watching that. I was working in the IIB in London. I was watching that in a rice slip in a pub on Satanta Sports, that game, that uh, that uh, Clare Tipperary game in 97. Uh, Brian Hogan, is there a moment that stands out for you? What do you miss about the whole thing? Um, yeah, like like James, James said, John, it's everything's geared towards the big days. You know, that's why we all play the game. Is the buzz, the adrenaline rush you get from running out in Crow Park or wherever it is, Nolan Park, for the big championship games. Um you know, you miss you, you kind of miss some of the mundane stuff as well. Actually, you know, at this time of year, the, the evenings are stretching. Just going in training, that kind of routine. Um, you're in the, kind of that bit of a bubble with the lads. They're nearly, you know, it's the cliche. You, you meet them five nights a week, nearly, and 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 so they're they're kind of your 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 best friends and 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 everything else. So it's that kind of you know just that kind of routine and the bit of crack and banter that you'd knock out of it. Um, that's you know you, you definitely when you come out of that, that there's a period of adjustment. Um, in terms of highlights, I suppose apart from you know the obvious, maybe you know the, the finals, which are always just special occasions in in and of themselves. Um, the I think it was 2013 qualifier against Tip in in Nolan Park. Yeah, um, was was. I just remember every you know just the atmosphere and the stadium. I think was was full from two hours before the throw-in. Which you know says says, says enough. Um, just even in the dressing room before, we could sense that you could really set, feel the, the the vibration coming coming down from the stands. Um, and the, and afterwards, they just told us lads, forget about getting a bus down. You're just going to have to walk down to Langton's because so the crowds are were such. And and anyone that knows Nola Park, you know, you walk down. Did they carry you, Brian? Did they carry you? <laughs> no, no. Sure. If you remember, we were in the qualifiers, so there was a bit. of... <laughs> they weren't too happy it was initially but we were we, you know and sure we only we didn't survive that we played the following day was Cork and Turles and that was the end of the road for us but um but like yeah look obviously stating the obvious that was a huge match for us you know playing our our, our nearest and dearest in, in 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 our own backyard in a championship match so that's that was a rarity and uh I just remembered it was just phenomenal yeah I think 23,000 is the capacity or whatever it is it was full it was rammed and it was rammed from and just talking to family Afterwards, you know, that evening they were saying it was just incredible. So that, that definitely is a, is, a, is a standout memory for me. Uh, Michael Verney, because you've seen both sides, you were a cornerback for Offaly in the championship, then you ended up playing for Wicklow, and, and then you're in the press box, you're covering all these matches. So you, then you have to be critical of players, you have to, you know, have an objective eye as one of the top riders in the country. So it's been an interesting journey for you as well. Yeah, um, I, I always find chatting to players the fact that you've played. Um, 
I don't know. They kind of feel like you're not trying to hoodwink them or anything like that. They feel like maybe you know what the experience or the journey is like a bit more, maybe. Just on a couple of things the lads were saying about what you'd miss most. There's nothing like, and I'm sure the lads had said, with training games that they played in their own career, there's nothing like coming off after a session where you've probably gone hell for leather with a fella for, you know, 70 minutes and the two of you have just emptied yourselves and you're spent and it's just a really satisfying feeling walking off the pitch knowing that you've, you know, you've gone toe-to-toe with this lad, you've been pulling and dragging out of him, you've probably been snaking each other from X, Y and Z, but you're all in it together, you've walked you walk off the pitch, you're spent and you know you're, you're both uh, playing a big part in your championship journey and getting yourselves ready, getting your opponent ready and getting your team ready, that would be one. And the other would be, just when Jamesy was talking about even, you know, going into the, you know, the, the build-up going into a big game, you might think sometimes when you're a player, you'd be on a bus maybe. I remember we played Dublin in Crow Park in 2011 and you're going in on the bus and you're looking at all your buddies from your club and lads you went to college with and, you know, they're having a jar outside the big tree or Quinns or whatever it is and you're thinking, geez, the boys are having a great time. And then you're kind of thinking, no, it's like I'm on the bus, I'm in the middle of this. You know, they're having a good time, all right, but... I'm in the middle of what they're coming to see. And I think that's a big part of it. No one walking around your town, whether I was walking around Burr or, or whether Brian was walking around Kilkenny City or, or Jamesy um, around Dora Bearfield, you know everyone's buzzing over something that you're at the heart of. And a couple of days before a game, um, yeah, it's manna from heaven, really. You wouldn't want to get sucked into it too much, but you want to appreciate, you know, the efforts that you're making and the buzz it gives people, the anticipation for a game, and there's nothing like that. And it's it's great going to games as a reporter and that, but nothing nothing replaces being a player realistically. Yeah, Brian was smiling there for anybody watching uh, when you're talking about like training sessions. Uh, you 25 years of Brian Cody. Uh, you weren't there for the whole uh, compliment of the 25 years, Brian, but all those Nolan Park, those legendary sessions. Yeah, well, when Michael mentioned the banter, uh, some of the great sources of banter came from some of those hot and heavy training sessions maybe where it might have spilled over a little bit between individual indiv- individual battles between players and you can, you're rising them afterwards in the dressing room and they're having to take it on the chin. So yeah, there's been a few instances like that where, you know, it's got, it's maybe spilled over and the rest of the group take great mileage out of uh, reminding lads and it's, uh, yeah, good days. And James, we won't name we won't name any names, but there was definitely one player called up to another player's house to apologise for <laughs> something that happened to him one time. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. James, you flew up to Dublin, didn't you, for the first All Ireland? Yeah, John. It's funny. The first time I ever flew was to the uh, the All Ireland semi final in '95. Uh, um, yeah, the transatlantic flight would come in from Shannon and um, make the compulsory stopover, and. Uh, yeah, so we were well connected uh, with the with the I suppose Aer Lingus and, and the airport. They looked after as well down there. So yeah, so we get a bus um, straight around to the tarmac, um, onto the plane. Same thing in Dublin. You get off the plane, bus on the tarmac, ready to take you to the the hotel or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean it was it was painless. I mean the flight was only twenty five minutes, John. So you know you slept in your own bed the night before, and um, and it was a routine then. You know we went to the same hotel. We we do our warm up before the match. Um, in the the Alsair Lingus complex out there, and then straight into Croke Park. So, yeah, there was familiarity, I suppose, with the routine that we that we built up. And obviously, Jer had, you know, had had researched it, and and it just made sense, and it worked for us. 
This is the Saturday panel looking ahead to the Hurling Championship with uh, James O'Connor, Brian Hogan and Michael Verney. So, Limerick, Brian Hogan, you've been here 2009. You were going for four in a row. You achieved it, but not without uh, Tipperary pushing you to the pinier collar. Um, what are the challenges for Limerick this year? Does, does psychology, does history weigh more on a player as you, you continue to rack up these records? How are Limerick fixed? I think I think Limerick are fixed very well, stating the obvious based on the league final and uh, um, the talk, I suppose, coming out of the camp. And I mean, look, the group are extremely professional in everything they're 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 doing. The the setup, you know, obviously Caroline Curran and then the background. I think they they they're ticking all the boxes in terms of what they need to do to put themselves in the position, I suppose, ultimately to to to, to win win the All Ireland this year. Um, I don't think history is going to weigh too much on these guys I think you know for many of them talking the other they're all pretty pretty um level-headed if you know they've they've managed huge expectation in the county over the last number of years like I guess look to some extent yeah there will be a certain amount of pressure in in that the talk within Limerick will only ramp up as the as the summer goes on um and it's how you um it's how you embrace that or, or or insulate yourself from it. Some guys like to try and um try and avoid it, you know, and 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 that can be difficult, obviously, the nature of the GEA. You, you can't cut yourself off from people altogether. Um you know, and, and different people deal with it in different ways. But I think because of the setup that Limerick have there, I'm sure they will they'll um address that in terms of you know the two be equipped with the tools they need to 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 to, to kind of keep the focus on the on the job at hand, you know, and, and such as the level of competition within the group as well. That'll help because, you know, um while it's a team game, each and all the guys I know from my own experience, you, you you do tend to focus very much on your own performance, trying to ensure that no matter what else happens, you you're going to be there come the big days, you know, that you're not your performances are not going to dip and um, you know, you see one or two articles already. You guys dismissing this the kind of talk around six, six in a row and all this kind of nonsense, um, which they have to do, obviously. But you know, I, I I I don't think it's going to be you know hugely distracting. I can't see the likes of you know your Declan Hannans and you know your Will O'Donoghue's and your Casey's and these guys getting too carried away. I think they're too too long in the tooth um, to, to 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 lose folks from that perspective. But saying that. You know, it only takes, you know, a kind of a couple of percent. It only takes that kind of little bit of softness to creep in and you won't know that till it's too late. You know, certainly I think that's, you know, from our experience, probably, you know, it it, it will happen eventually. But I just think this year, looking at them in the league final and looking at them during the league, I just think they've, they're just going to take a, you know, it's going to take a huge performance from someone to, to try and stop these guys. James, it would not be possible, obviously, without John Coddy's brilliant management, but Paul Connerk, the coach as well, They'll be writing maybe books about him in the future. He was with Clare 10 years ago. He won the All-Ireland with Davy Fitz. What is it that Paul Knurk has that stands out? I'd love to know the answer to that, John. I, I think, you know, and I know Paul, but I don't know him well. Um, I, I think, look, he, he just looks at things through a different prism, um, maybe to the rest of us. And um, I think it was when, when he first came in um, with Don Maloney and Jerry O'Connor with with the Clare Miners, um, you know, back I'd say it was probably two thousand and two thousand maybe and eight two thousand nine around that time frame. Um, I just think he 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 you know bucked the trend and and he was prepared to maybe accept conventional wisdom and you know question you know why are we doing this why are we doing that and clearly. Um, you know, he's able to get to the essence of it and, and what's required. And I think you look at Limerick, 
year on year, John, and you see incremental improvement that, you know, one particular year, okay, they're not getting goals, they're scoring them the following year. It's another year, maybe the high ball is an issue and now they're probably as good as any, if not better than any other team in the country under the under the high ball. Um, you know, and, and you just get the sense that every player that comes into that that panel um, is a better player. Their, their skill levels are higher. Um, you know, they're they're all crystal clear as to what's expected and what their roles are and you know we saw that throughout the league I mean it was it was some statement of intent to to deliver the performance they did against Kilkenny with, without Hannon without Tom Morrissey um, without Kyle Hayes um, you know and there, there was someone else missing Will O'Donoghue who obviously was suspended you know so to deliver that performance and the guys that stepped in whether it was Colin O'Neill Colin Coughlin Adam English is a good young player signed with UL um, these guys were able to step in and there's no deviation or drop off in the standard or in the style of play um, and that's obviously a, a, a testament to what they're doing on the on the training pitch and I cleared through the kitchen sink of them last year John um, Kilkenny the levels Kilkenny got Two in that alarm final, and um, you know were, were phenomenal, and Galway even the semi final, and yet they're able to find the answers. And and Kinnerk is obviously um, a big part of that. So yeah, I I I mean he's a fascinating character. Um, obviously look at an exceptional you know coach and an exceptional guy and a guy who did the, the massive regard for obviously in Clare and any of the players that ever worked with him. You know whether it was Tony or um, you know John Connan w- would have nothing but the highest of regard for him. So Limerick are lucky to have him um, and. You know, John Kiley has, you know, there's a couple of clear guys actually in that management team. Alan Cunningham would have been a selector with Dalo, principal in St. Kemmes and Shannon, fantastic guy, great clear man. And um, Angus O'Brien is a primary teacher in, in Broadford. Again, a guy who's steeped in her tradition. He's in the backroom team. And, you can uh, tell it stings, James. Yeah, you can it's tell stinging, it stings. it's stinging, yeah. <laughs> Sorry? It stings, it stings, it stings. It stings, yeah. Well, look, you'd love to have those guys, um, you know, back at, back work, working with Claire. And listen, Alan gave, you know, has given sterling service to Claire in England. This is a you know great broad from that and I'm sure look he'll put the shoulder to the clear wheel uh, in years to in years to come. But look at they're, they're part of obviously a, a really successful um, management team that John Kyle has assembled and he obviously you know um, it, it comes from the top as well and and, and the leadership that that, that Kylie has shown. So yeah, it's it's kind of depressing looking at it from a clear perspective. Um, you know at the at the <laughs> what they're achieving and there's no there's no signs. Um, if anything, I mean the panel is now as arguably as strong and deeper than than it's ever been under Kylie's stewardship. But you know people stepped up last year and and I think you know the teams in Munster. Um, obviously you know the managers have got to look at you know how they navigate the championship because it's punishing Clare of you know four games in five weeks John everybody else it's four and six um, if there's a time to beat Limerick it's probably in the provincial final so I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see you know how they how teams go about it but I don't think it's in Brian Lohan's nature or Davy Fitz's nature or Pat Ryan or Liam Cahill all those guys were fours in the Munster Championship um, knockout year in the back in the 1990s uh, I, I don't think anybody would be taking a backward step but uh, certainly You'd have to feel that maybe an injury or two to key players might derail Limerick. That might be one thing, but there's certainly no evidence that their their attitude or their desire yeah. or anything like else is waning. And that's obviously that's obviously troubling for everybody else. Okay, tomorrow then, Michael Verney, Waterford, Davy Fitzel obviously have a few things up his sleeve, but they have Cork next week. You wrote in the week in the paper in the Independent that they've got a dreadful record in the round robin. Can they want to be one of the three teams that gets out of it? Because it's just so competitive. It's very hard to pick five into three in Munster. Yeah, they've an atrocious record, John. They've played 12 games. They've won one, drawn one. They have uh, an aggregate scoring average of... Uh, the aggregate is like minus 101. Like, 
they've they had a really poor campaign in 18, a really poor ca- second half of their campaign last year, and uh, a disappointing campaign in 19 as well. So there's a lot of trends that they have to book. Um, and I'd say that would have been foremost in Davy's mind when he took the job. How do we kind of break this Munster round Robin hoodoo? The two years they got to the semi-final and final was when Munster was knockout via, you know, the COVID championships in 2020 and 2021. So the first thing they'll be trying to do is try to make sure that they negotiate that, that they, you know, there's all the talk last year um, and I know Liam Cattle doesn't buy into it at all that Waterford, a lot of people say Watford peaked for the league and they put a lot of emphasis on the first two games and then they just fell off the fell off a cliff um, and Watford will be doing everything they can to make sure that doesn't happen but they're coming up against a machine tomorrow um, but it is interesting Limerick were in a similar position after the 2019 league final they beat Watford fairly comprehensively in that league final in Crow Park they were unbeatable in everybody's eyes they rocked into their Gaelic grounds for the first round of the Munster Championship and Cork um handed them a fair beating now, a comprehensive beating, and then Tipperary beat them again in the round robin, and they uh, got a bit of revenge in the Munster final, but they were eventually beaten by Kilkenny. So, like, everything can be too rosy at times as well, and I'm sure they won't be buying into that, and I'm sure um, even the 15 wides they hit in the second half the last day against Kilkenny will be a stick for Kylie to beat them with, but it is going to be fascinating. Waterford, not people aren't expecting that much from Waterford. I don't know if I'm expecting that much myself, but there'll surely be hellfire and brimstone for at least an hour of that game tomorrow. Uh, and the fact that they're losing home advantage, yeah, I think I think what they lose really is it'll cut into their support. It will cut into the support base that are going to travel to Turles. I don't think there'll be nearly as many as there would be in Walsh Park. But the home and away record in the round robins, like it's less than 50% for home wins. I think it's 46% in the three years it's been played in Munster, 42 in Leinster. So, you know, it's not even 50-50 and it, Turles should suit them even better than Watch Park just given there's a bit more space to operate and they're a seriously athletic, fit, mobile team. But uh, everyone's expecting Davy to pull a few rabbits out of the hat tomorrow and it's going to be interesting to see. One is Desi Hutchinson played out the field throughout the league which I was just amazed by just because I think he's one of the best inside forwards in the country and despite Waterford, you know, giving some inept performances in Munster last year, he was still outstanding. He was outstanding against Limerick, he was outstanding against Clare even when they were hockeyed. So, I expect him to be back inside but we don't really know and uh, it's just going to be fascinating. Davey's been talking about, you know, what he might do and giving ideas about what he might do if he came up against Limerick. Well, they're coming up against Limerick tomorrow so uh, there'll be no sitting on the fence and we'll see uh, what he throws at them. Okay, Michael Verney, Brian Hogan and James O'Connor on the Saturday panel. Back after the break to talk to them about Clare Tipperary, Kilkenny in the Championship today, Galway, Wexford, so many things to talk about. Cork as well, who are not involved this weekend. Fulham won Leeds nil in the Premier League. Not a good uh, situation for Leeds to be in. They're battling to survive. And Harry Wilson has got the goal there at Craven Cottage. It's Chelsea nil, Barcelona won. Uh, Carlin Hansen in the Women's Champions League semi-final first leg match. Uh, St. Texan here on 53106. Um, nobody in Limerick is talking about uh, six in a row or anything like that that's outside noise from other counties trying to undermine us says Connor. and hi lads great stories James he's right the 97 Munster final in Cork the atmosphere was incredible when David Ford scored the goal for Clare it was like the stadium took off says Niall and a comment on 
YouTube, Keith Scanlon, has everybody forgot the Munster final last year? Claire, the only team to run Limerick close lately, yet everybody writing them off. Can't wait until Monday when you all change your tune. Come on the banner, says Keith there on uh, our YouTube channel, because you can also watch us as well as listen on News Talk across the country. You can watch us on the digital and social channels for Off the Ball. Just let you know, folks, we're going to host a live Champions League roadshow in partnership with Just Eat. It's coming your way on Wednesday, the 3rd of May, in the Mansion House in Dublin. We'll be joined by some great guests, including UEFA Champions League winners John O'Shea and Wes Brown and Arsenal legend Paul Merson. There should be some great stories in the night as our guests reminisce about their careers and look ahead to the latter stages of the competition. This is an exclusive off-air event, folks. Tickets are limited. Don't delay. Go to www.offtheball.com forward slash events. See you on the night. All with thanks to Just Eat, the official food delivery partner of the UEFA Champions League. Back after the break with the Saturday panel. Get your text in on 53106. Your predictions for the hurling championship. Who's going to be the hurler of the year? Who are the dark horses this season? We've got James O'Connor from Clare, Kilkenny's Brian Hogan and Offaly's Michael Fernie between 2 and 2.30 after the news. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk with John Duggan until five. Before we go back to the panel, just let you know it's now Fulham 2, Leeds nil in the Premier League. Not a good time to be a Leeds fan with Andreas Pereira scoring the second goal at Craven Cottage. 75 minutes on the watch there. And the John McDonough Cup carried 12 points, Kildare 9. And we have Antrim and Dublin getting underway now. Remember, it's uh, Galway, Wexford and Kilkenny Westmeath today in the hurling round. Robin and Leinster. Waterford versus Limerick and Clare tip tomorrow. You can listen across News Talk on the radio uh, and also watch us as well on the Off the Ball digital and social channels. Delighted to have on the line um, the All Ireland winning captain with Kilkenny, Brian Hogan from 2011, the ex hurler of the year from Clare, James O'Connor, and the former Offaly hurler and now GA Ryder with the Irish Independent, Michael Verney on the greatest game in the world, the small ball. Brian Hogan, Clare Tiberi tomorrow. So Liam Cahill's got a serious resume. He won everything at underage level with Tipperary. Then went to Waterford, uh, managed him to an All-Ireland final. Uh, now back with Tipperary at the senior team. Look, a lot of household names have gone. The Mars, Bubbles Dwyer's retired. But they've never been a county short of unearthing talent, Tipperary. And how do you think they're set for this year? Yeah, I think um, I think they'll, all, they'll always produce and they have always produced serious, serious hurlers, serious skillful hurlers. And I think... They've been waiting really for 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 Cal to come back in for the last two years, or certainly that was a sense I got from it and the, this group of players. And I think after the the disappointments, to put it mildly, of last year, you know, um, there's a lot of there's a sense within I, I, the players and within you know the wider Tipperary hurling community that you know they need to bounce back. Um, you know, last year was I, I, it was unacceptable, really, you know, for a for a county. You know, steeped in tradition or as, as Tipperary are to finish bottom in the Munster Championship, not register a, a point. You know, um, and I think you know there's there's signs in the National League from as much as you can, I suppose, pull from the National League, which is you know another, um, you know, was, there's, that's a separate conversation. But but you know, there's definitely signs that Tipper on the up. You can see the way Liam Cal sets up his teams. He's he puts a huge emphasis on goals. You know, very direct hard running um, and he's added a kind of more of a kind of a you know a physical element to it which you saw signs of when they played Limerick um, you know that aggressiveness around the middle parts of the field um, and that I suppose you, you layer that on top of just just the natural wristy you know skillful hurlers that they have within the group I you know I, I expect I expect them to, to to make an impression on the championship this year um, now so what that what that is? Do, do I see him going all the way to you know the the 
the last day in, in August, uh, the, the Sunday in August. No, I don't. But but I definitely see them coming out of of Munster um, or being there thereabouts. You know, obviously Limerick are the obvious ones that will come up. But I I think Tipper are, are you know the signs are very positive. Um, but saying that going down to Ennis is is a, is a horrible place to have to go down to. Um, you know, and Clare, you know, lest we forget. Um, and obviously a reminder from that tw- uh, um, tweet earlier on. Um, they topped the group last year, you know, and ran Limerick right down to the wire and did everything really bar beat them. Um, and you know, I think, I think you can't really pull a huge amount from the from the league just because of the way it's set up. But I think this will tell us a, a lot about where these two teams are set up. Um, you know, post this match, um, and it, it's going to be a really interesting battle. Yeah, 14 goals that Tipperary scored in the league. Uh, Shane O'Donnell will be back tomorrow. Uh, James O'Connor for Clare. As Brian said there, they had a great Munster campaign last year. It was a brilliant, strong game. That Munster final was fantastic. Uh, obviously, then it went to extra time and Limerick won. And then the All-Ireland semi-final was a flame out. So where are Clare this year? Can they push on from last year, I suppose? Yeah, you'd hope that um, you'd hope that we can, John. Uh, like, like the league was, a, I mean... From a Clare perspective, they had zero interest in it. Uh, um, I remember paying the the, the eighteen euro, whatever, the, the fifty quid in Limerick. After ten minutes, you were saying the greatest waste of fifty euro ever. You know, um, don't think Clare were the, the only ones there, Jamesy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, and it, look at the the, the Galway match was, you know, again, no intensity in it. Um, yeah, so the league was the league was just. Uh, I mean, from Clare, can you turn it on then? Can you turn it on like a tap? Well, they managed to do that last year, John. I mean, they were. I mean, look at this. This date would have been etched in their minds uh, from a long way out because, like, Clare's got to go to Limerick six days later, John. You know, next Saturday night into the Gaelic grounds, and the prospect of losing home to Tip and then Limerick, you know, hoping to really stick the dagger in and maybe you know go a long way towards putting Clare out of the championship. Um, that's not a scenario that that any Clare player wants to be facing. Um, you know, tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening. So, um. I mean, Shane O'Donnell last year, John, with no league time, no game time whatsoever, um, appeared in absolute tip-top shape, sharp, ready. Uh, you know, so he's he selected um, tomorrow. You certainly hope that he'll pick up where he left off last year. He had a great year. Uh, Mark Rogers is back fully fit. Aidan McCarthy, who missed the championship last year through a, a, a bad leg break, he's back. Um, Adam Hogan, um, you know, when Dr. Hardy Cup with, with, with Tulla backbone their side, he's full back with the with the with the twenties. He starts a cornerback again, a player that, you know, was highly touted and 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 well regarded. So he makes his debut tomorrow. Um Dave Fitzgerald is a loss, John, but I think look at their they're 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 in a good place. There's absolutely zero noise out of the camp, no talk, Omerta. Um, you know, Lohan, who's probably paranoid at the best of times, I'd say the players are are terrified that Anton might uh, Anton might have so nobody knows what's going on. But like looking at Tony Kelly in school, and I, I wouldn't ask him, but uh, Tony looks in great shape. <laughs> you know, there's a smile, there's a smile on the face, um, and you know, I, I, I think Claire be ready. Um, and look, they know what's ahead of them. I mean, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. Tip were really impressive during the league. Cahill has brought that edge to them. Um, we know the forwards they have. We know the skill level they have. We know that Eamon O'Shea might be gone, but that that goal mentality, if it's on, we're going for it. That, that legacy remains. And we saw that during the, during the league. Now, whether, you know... Whether he's the same type of athletic players that he had in Watford, you know, that that could get up and down the field, you know, and and play that harboring style, I'm not so I'm not so sure about. But they'll be defensively, 
you know, hard to break down. I saw Brian Amara, you know, was full, was centre back for UL and Fitzgibbon um, and Garota Connor was centre forward at the other end. And those two guys had really excellent Fitzgibbon campaigns, top class players. Amara looks like he'd be the long term, you know, tip centre back for, for years to come. Um, so, you know, it's it's Claire will have to Claire will have to be efficient tomorrow, John. They'll have to play well. Um, but they know the consequences of 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 not delivering a performance tomorrow. And I think at home in Ennis, I still think that they might do enough to get to get over the line. But they're under no illusions as to how difficult it's going to be. And and tip, you know, as I said, nobody arguably had a better and more, you know, got more out of the league than 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 Tipperary did outside of Limerick. So big, big challenge tomorrow. Antrim have got just a, a point, just go on. Just just a point on John O'Donnell or Shane O'Donnell, John. Yeah. What he's able to do is phenomenal. He was in Harvard for the spring of 2019, came back, hadn't hurled all spring, winter, like absolutely lit up the game against Clare in the round robin. Same last year, like we were, there was genuine concerns about whether he would hurl again after the concussion problems he had. He comes into the Munster Championship, has his best season ever, is maybe shackles off out in the half forward line. He hasn't played any hurling by all accounts up until the last three or four weeks and he by all accounts he was brilliant against Galway in a challenge game and he's ready to go again and like on your question to Jamesy like it is it's all it's all about championship for Brian Lawn. I think he disregarded the league he was getting a bit of game time into John Conlon near the end getting Aid McCarthy back on the pitch getting a look at Mark Rogers and, and a couple other lads and just a quick one as well on the three years the round robin has been played Clare have the best record in Munster of any of the teams so they've got 17 points from a possible 24 and on James's previous point of the four games in five weeks they've probably been the best team to manage the load it would seem anyway statistically over the last three years so it's going to be fascinating to see how they manage it over the next while and to me I, I'm very disappointed that this game isn't on television tomorrow to me this is the game of the weekend it's on this Diego, has, this, yeah yeah, this is this has the most on the line, and uh, Jamesy and people in Clare are probably fairly disgruntled by the fact that three of their Munster games, I think, are on are not on you know terrestrial television, which is disappointing. But to me, this is the game of the weekend. Very very difficult game to call. On Cahill, Cahill has got a bounce out of Tipperary straight away. You knew from the first league game they looked like a different animal. Um, on Jamesy's point, whether they have the athleticism to play the way Waterford uh, did and to get what he got out of Waterford is probably questionable. But they know they know he knows only one way to set up and one way to go at it. And yes, that's going to be an absolute belter of a game in Ennis. OK, Antrim won four Dublin three points in the first of the round robin games in Leinster. James McNaughton with the goal of Cargan Park. That match uh, started at two o'clock. We have Kilkenny against Westmeath and Galway. Wexford later on, 5-3-106. Barry Nasher, Tom Morrissey for Hurler of the Year. Adam Hogan of Clare for Young Hurler, says one of our textures. And another one, Cork is simply there to make up the numbers these days. We are fodder for Limerick, Kilkenny and Tip. We're unlikely to even get out of Munster. I wonder, is this person actually even from Cork who's texting in there? They were like two years ago, they were in the All-Ireland final. Michael Verney on this, they're not playing this weekend. Pat Ryan, Cork, where are they at? Are they going to get out of Munster? Uh, I thought they would before, but like I thought they would before the year kicked off. I'm not so sure now. There was that inconsistency that we've associated with them in the last couple of years. They probably trialed a good few players throughout the league, but I think... I think if they're fit, they're going to go back to Shamie Harnedy, they're going to go back to Damien Callan, they're going to go back to Patrick Horgan, and it'll be most of the same faces that we've seen over the last while with a few new players sprinkled in. Um, but it's very hard to get a read on them. They went down to Nolan Park to play Kilkenny in that league semi-final. I don't know, they looked to be caught between different game plans and styles of play. I, I wasn't 100% sure exactly what they were doing, so... 
I've kind of gone all in on Cork before. I went all in on them in 2019 and maybe even the year after. And I've just kind of once bitten, twice shy now. I just, I have to be, a, I'm a bit of a doubt in Thomas on them now and I'm going to have to see it to believe it. So I don't, I don't think they'll come out. And I think the three that will come out will be Limerick, Clare, Limerick, Tipperary and Clare in that order. Um, but it's, it's fascinating. This time last year, Everyone was saying Watford were going to come out of Munster, and they were fourth, and you know a beaten a beaten docked nearly ten minutes into the Clare game. So I think that's the fascinating thing about it. The one thing about this championship, the only predictable thing about it is its unpredictability, really, and that's what makes it so exciting. Well, better than the football at the moment, you have to say uh, the Gaelic football. By the way, Leeds are pulling back. Fulham two, Leeds one. Patrick Bamford on the mark, eighty-five minutes on the watch in the Premier League. Brian Hogan, we talked about a murder there with James O'Connor and Lowen and uh, and Clare. So you know uh, Derek Ling. You know Michael Rice in the backroom team. Do you have the inside track on Kilkenny? No, which is a good sign <laughs> because a bit like James, he's hinted with, with, with Claire. Generally, if, you get, if, you, if there's no noise coming out of the camp, it's usually a good sign. Uh, it means there's a tight unit. Certainly, that was something Brian would have uh, reiterated over the years was that what goes on inside or what's discussed does not make its way out of the dressing room. And I think to use a phrase he used often that you can always measure the spirit within the camp by the silence that comes out it comes from mouth so even parents you know would, would, would fear asking the the sons you know what's the team or you know certainly my dad didn't bother he would he'd go down to the local club to the club to find out what the team was because he would he knew whatever i told him was going to be full of lies anyway so um <laughs> you know um i think it's been quiet john i think there was a little bit of um, they went away in a training camp down to Cork there for a couple of days and I think there was a bit of um, reassessing after the league final um, you know not panic stations or anything like it but there was certainly um, uh, you know a sense that they needed to kind of you know circle the wagons and kind of you know maybe have a couple of discussions around what happened and and where they needed to go and they've done that um, they've you know by all accounts it was a really good couple of days Um and look, they've got a good, you know, a good opener. Um, they're at home uh, against Westmead to be expected to win. Um, one or two injuries, but, you know, that's to be expected. Paddy Deegan is carrying a, an injury. He um, picked up a, a knock in the early stages of the league final and needed a bit of treatment, a bit of surgery on that. And uh, Billy Drennan, obviously, is the other obvious one. Um, but, you know, with the way these matches come, thick and fast, it's inevitable teams are going to pick up injuries and it's trying to manage those as best you can so um yeah to answer your question john it's, it's very quiet that, that there was three of the boys up at the club last night i didn't i didn't even bother asking them um you know like james he mentioned to tony kelly i wouldn't i wouldn't put him in that position where you know how are things going because you know it's just it's just leaving leaving to but i i'll i'll concur with what james said the three even look fairly fit and <laughs> you know ready to ready ready for action so um yeah yeah look it'll be interesting this evening to see to see kind of what shape to take I like that you measure the spirit by the silence I like that uh, that phrase from Brian Cody is there patience then for Derek Ling and everybody is there cause, is there a realisation look we had a quarter of a century of Brian Cody here and all the brilliant success and all the All-Ireland titles 11 of them is there a patience in, in Kilkenny as a public for this team yeah there is for sure I mean it's you know it's the change of the guard and the end of an year or whatever other cliche you want to use I mean you know for, for, for a lot of, for a lot of the players I mean they don't remember anything other than Brian Cody being manager at Kilkenny. You know, you look at the likes of uh, Mikey Butler and the lads who are only 23, you know, so <laughs> their lifetime has been Brian Cody as manager at Kilkenny. So 
Absolutely. There is there is a patience, I think. There's there's um within the Kilkenny public. Um I think there's a huge um support for Derek. He's a very well liked and well respected within Kilkenny. I think he's he was the obvious candidate. I was on record as saying that um, to take over from Brian. Um and you know, he's in both Derek Ricey and uh, and and Peter Barry um, in the backroom team. You know, would would have been um, lieutenants for want of a better word of Brian's on the field. You know, and you know, it's inevitable. You can't be bought influenced by uh, a manager like Brian during your career, and they will obviously like Derek will want to put his own stamp on things, and I think you can see that in terms of the way Kenny are trying to play, but it's not. He hasn't, you know, tried to overhaul what the Kenny do and what the Kenny are about, but he's trying to put his suppose refine it and put his own stamp on it. And we've obviously referenced the way they're trying to use the ball maybe a little bit more in terms of the build-up play, rather than going as direct as maybe we would have before. Um, I think in the league final it probably struggles to get that balance. Um and you'd hope as the championship goes on, the, you know, the, that little bit more sharpness would mean that the decision making would be a bit better. But um, but Derek is, you know, Derek is an astute guy. He's, he's, you know, look, I'm sure he all would have um, interacted with him over the years. You know, he's no nonsense. Very, you know, you know, he's a rock solid guy. He's as he was in the field. You know, he's 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 a great, you know, he's a good leader. He's a great guy. And I think there is there is a there is a patience and there's a huge support there for him. Um, but as with sports, you know, patience only lasts so long as well. And, you know, the Kenny public, no more so than anyone else, are very demanding. But, um, but yeah, look, I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, league is league and championship to championship. And over the course of the next couple of games within the Leinster round robin, we'll learn uh, yeah. a lot more. And Antrim, team. yes, uh, Brian, and Antrim lead Dublin uh, won six to five points in that round robin, 16 minutes into the first half in Belfast. It's Kerry uh, 15 points, Kildare 12 in the Joe McDonough Cup. So Henry Shefflin might be the manager of Kilkenny in the future, James O'Connor, but at the moment he's the manager of Galway. They've been the one team in recent years that have challenged Limerick and been close to them in the All-Ireland series. What will Henry have learned about his team over the last while in Galway? What have you learned about his team, John? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, well, again, the league was, you know, I mean, again, against Cork, they they, they fell apart. Um, there was a couple of settings off, I think, and... Um, you know, again, I don't think they place huge emphasis on the on the league. I mean, he looked at a lot of new players, a lot of young players, and there is a lot of young talent in Galway. Now, whether there's enough elite talent or you know guys that can deliver at the highest level, you know, remains to be remains to be seen. Um, but they came to Ennis in a game where you know it was one of those kind of cross provincial games where you know you know you're not going to be beating until the latter stages and. Colby's interest levels were, were probably that bit higher than than Clare's and when the game needed to be won I thought that the experienced players kind of stood up and you know Park Mannion was good Dahi Burke looked like he was back to the Dahi Burke of his prime you know three or four years ago where he was the best full back in the game you know he was centre back Roe McInerney was was full and you know with in terms of that half back line you know if, if they can remain injury free Park Mannion you know Dahi Burke and, and Joseph Cooney you have a launch pad you have a, a fulcrum and you have a a line that's probably as well equipped as any to, you know, Cooney matches up well, for example, with Hagerty. Um, and Mannion is a, you know, experienced top-class player as well. So are they, like physically, you know, they're probably, again, as well equipped as anybody when it comes to, to, to taking Limerick on in that department. But 
they still haven't managed to to get over the line against them either, no more than than Clare or or you know Tip Cork or the the, the Munster teams or, or Kilkenny. So uh, it's a big year for Henry. It's a you know obviously I think he's a year into the job now. He you know he knows what he has. Um, you know he's 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 more familiar with the players. What's at his disposal? I Kevin Cooney starts today, uh, who's Joseph's younger brother, and and I I think he's. You know, he's a good player. He's a guy that makes good use of the ball. He's just got something about him. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's 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 you know, there aren't. It's not like he's unearthed a a heap of new faces. Tierney Clean thought it a very good Fitzgibbon for 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 NUIG. He he doesn't seem to be featured or whether he's injured or at the moment. Um, but it appears to be you know pretty much along you know along the same lines as what he had last year. I don't think there's any doubt, but that look at they're going to be one of the three teams that come out of Leinster. I don't think there's any doubt, but that they're going to be in the Leinster final. Um. I think they'll want to win it, particularly given how they completely failed to turn up in last year's um, final in Croke Park. Um, they just didn't perform. Um, so it's a, it's a big year for them. And like the reality is, for, for those Galway players, a lot of those guys, they have a lot of hurling played. Um, you know, I, I think this is, a, this is a massive year for some of the guys, those guys, because I, I'm not sure how much more, you know, the Joseph Coonies and, and the Dahi Burks and the Mennons can, can, can give. They're hugely experienced. They've been around a long time. So it's a big, big year for Galway. And I don't think there's any doubt as to in my mind but that they're going to be at the business end of it one All-Ireland in 35 years for the Tribes men and like we'd expect Kilkenny to beat Westmead no disrespect to Westmead but Killian Doyle is injured he's their star player that's 6 o'clock in Nolan Park we know at the moment that Antrim are leading Dublin in the round robin in Belfast so Galway Wexford Michael Verney Wexford didn't have the best of leagues but they had a great league last year and they didn't kind of push on from that are they going to be looking over their shoulders at Dublin and Antrim or do you see them as one of the three it's a hard place to go Salt Hill Galway have never lost there yeah, they haven't lost there in the round robin. Um, Wexford have managed to get two results uh, out of them in the round robin. They got one last year, obviously, in Wexford Park, and they drew with them in Salt Hill in 2019 when they won Leinster. I think the one thing Dar Egan needs is he just needs all his top players uh, on the pitch. Their squad would be a good bit shallower than you know any of the rest of the big hitters. You saw in the league when they were missing Lee Chin, when they were missing Liam Ryan, Matt O'Hanlon, etc., Claire just ransacked them down in Wexford Park. Then when they had a couple of those big names back and Rory O'Connor back, they put up a right good display against Cork down in Parky Cueve and probably should have won that game. Matt O'Hanlon is named, but I believe he's touch and go on. A, call, a late, late call will be will be made on that today. They need everybody. Um, I don't. I think they'll probably be a couple of points short of Galway realistically today, particularly in Salt Hill. Um, it's that double that Dublin game is obviously going to be huge. Realistically, it, you know, <laughs> beforehand anyway, you would definitely would have said it's Dublin and Wexford going for that third place. Hopefully, to be honest with you, hopefully Antrim and Westmead can cause a few shocks along the way. But I would fancy Wexford to get into that third spot. And just on Galway, like of all the teams that need to win a provincial title, to me, Galway need to win a provincial title. Like there was a complete no show on that Leinster final last year. They kind of scraped over line against Cork in a quarter final. Brilliant performance against Limerick in that semi final. They need to show a consistency. They need to, you know, when they have the foot on the throat of opposition teams, they need to really push it in and put pressure on. And I think. Like it's not, it's not as if like let's call a spade a spade. I'm a Leinster man, and Brian is as well. But Munster is miles more competitive, and there's it's a much bigger shark tank than Leinster is. So to me, Galway need to be pushing on and win the Leinster title. Kilkenny have won three in a row without being an out probably an outstanding team within those three years. I think Galway need to get some silverware on the board. That would obviously give them a pathway directly through to an All Ireland semi final as well. So I think it's pivotal for them to win Leinster. What about the standard of refereeing, Michael? What's the general view of the playing uh, population in Hurling at the moment about how refereeing is, is going? 
it's a, well, it's a difficult one. Um, Fergal Horgan was doing an interview during the week. And... Yeah, no, I know. I saw that, yeah, Like It's terrible to lose a referee of that standard. He's only 44, so he's another six years at inter-county level. John Keenan actually turns 50 this year, and in what I think is an absolutely mad rule, he has the exit stage left at the end of this year because you can't be above 50 refereeing in inter-county games, which I think is mad. It's like saying that a player has to ret- retire at 35. You know, I just think it's a mad one. He's at the top of his game. He refereed one of the greatest games of all time in that Munster final last year, and he didn't get another game on the back of it because he missed a couple of incidents that I don't think any referee would have caught. And it, would, it, it took video footage to go back and look back to even find these incidents. But standard refereeing, like you talk to any referee and they'll tell you like the quality is a struggle with referees the quantity is a struggle as well there's an absence of referees in most counties and I just don't think we should be letting uh, a referee of the standard of Fergal Horgan uh, depart in the manner that he did we we don't have a surplus of referees unfortunately there's a handful of referees that you would be really happy with taking a big game you don't think they're going to affect the game at all in any way affect the game negatively so to me the standard refereeing probably isn't as good as it was five or six years ago and signs would suggest that it's going to drop off even a bit more if we're losing the likes of Fergal and we're losing the likes of John Keenan and from a football point of view losing the likes of Morris Deegan who was forced to retire as well I just don't think we should be putting a cap on what age you can referee until I think it's mad really like look at look at like said, Tony Brown in Waterford there are outliers in every county there's outliers in every code that are able to stay going at their optimum at their peak beyond an age maybe of others so I think that's a, I think that's a rule that the GA need to tweak in time as well 53106, great show, thank you. With the backing of JP McManus, are this Limerick team the first professional team in GA history? Train, gym and play, no other worries, says Sean. Uh, P.S. No matter how good the current teams are, I never saw a display as good as the 95 Leinster final when Offaly beat Kilkenny in a thunderstorm. Brilliant from a brilliant team. Yeah, I, let, I, let, I, let, I let go of that. I thought he was going to bring up the 1995 All-Ireland final. Jamesy, Jamesy and the boys had me in tears for a couple of days after when, it, when Eamon Taff rattled in that goal at the end and then Jamesy put over a free in front of the goals to make it two, to make it two up and that banner roar that was going around in 95 Jesus Christ yeah, were, you, were you on the field in 98 were you, were, you, uh, were you sitting down were you I was not actually no I was caught with a wedding that day I can tell you I was in Semple Stadium six days later no, or seven days later yeah very good very good yeah yeah, it was uh, it was someday, Michael. I tell you, as a, somebody with Clare affiliations, and uh, ninety-five was someday. Uh, but you had a good you did a good one the year before. Now you, you had the five-minute final, so you, you can't complain. No, well, it's like this. We we probably shouldn't have won in ninety-four. We should have won in ninety-five. We probably shouldn't have won in ninety-eight, and we did. So we'll I'll take it to be honest with you. Now the Limerick players are amateur players, Sean. Uh, I know what you're kind of saying, but there's backing for every single uh, team in the country. There's lots of sponsors and lots of backing for teams. But I suppose James O'Connor, the um, inverted commas, the professionalism of Limerick has is, is brought the game to a new level, and it's a different game to the one you played. It is, John. It's it's completely different, and and especially with the, the skill levels, um, you know, now are are probably greater than than, than they ever were. Um, but that's testament, looking as to. You know the the level of coaching. Um, it's in so many aspects. I mean, the hurlies. Like I was swinging a thirty five inch hurley. I mean, I, I pick up a hurley now, thirty one, thirty two inch. And when the kids hurlies, now I, I wonder how did I ever play with a with a with a thirty five inch? You know, so the sweet spot is bigger. The the ball travels further. There's all those things. But the game is, yeah. I mean, look at the level of analysis, the the sports science that's in the game now, and um, the shape these guys are in. They're athletes. Um, it's a lifestyle. It's you know, it, it's in a great place and. 
I mean, the, the Munster final last year, you know, and again, okay, obviously I have skin in the game, whatever, McLaren, but I, I thought that game was on a par with anything that I'd ever witnessed. I mean, it was just unbelievable and Turles, Turles that day. And the levels that, you know, Limerick and Galway and, and, and the Limerick and Kenny match, um, you know, just the skill level, as I said, the speed at which the game, the physicality now, uh, the tackling, um, it, it's in a good place. And it's not easy to referee and it's not easy to police it. And look at players as they always did you know play on the edge as well and and you know hand passing is probably something that we'll all be probably grousing about and complaining about because that seems to be a focus um at the at at the moment. But I mean John, I, I look at the Munster Championship, the games that are coming up. I mean, you know, Cork Cork Watford next weekend is a massive game for both teams. Um and like if Tip if Tip lose, for example, tomorrow, um, or depending on how the Cork Waterford games, you know, Cork and Cork and Lim- or Cork and Tip play under the lights I think on the on the sixth of May uh, in Parky Keeve, like that's going to be some atmosphere down 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 there as well. So like, you know, there's you know, Galway go to Kilkenny. I think in, in is it next weekend, Brian? Um, um, Galway, 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 Nolan Park. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and like so, John. I mean, there's loads to whet the appetite. Um, there's loads of I think massive championship games on the on on the horizon. And given how how big a disappointment the league was, how you know big a damn squib it was it's it's great to the championship around the corner yeah. and um and, and 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 here at the moment i mean like that was always going to be a dangerous game for for dublin up in corrigan park and the worst thing or the last thing they needed was to give antrim a start and that's going to be a dogfight for them up there now to come yeah. out uh with a, with a result and that really throws the cat amongst the pigeons if if antrim uh, turned dublin over tonight that's one eight uh to antrim eight points in dublin at the moment in the first half coming up to half time brian hogan are you happy with the state of the nation of hurling as a game at the moment in 2023 um, yeah, well, I, again, just to, I suppose to reiterate what James he said, the, the, the league was a bit of a damp squib and I think there were several reasons for that. Um, a lack of, you know, uh, relegation or threat of relegation and, you know, all these kind of things didn't play into it. But if you look at, I guess if you look at last year's final, um, you know, it was an epic game. Um, you've got one of the greatest teams in, in Limerick coming out on top. Uh, Kilkenny did everything they could have done. It was the highest scoring tally from a losing side in a final. Um, you know, I think there was a sense coming away from it as a Kenny fan, a huge pride in the team. You know, they had literally thrown everything at it. Um, to 226 was a fair score to rack up and still come out on the on the losing side. Um, so, it, you know, it was a good championship overall. And I think I'm I'm really excited about, about, about this weekend. I think... To, to, to re, again to come back to Michael's point there, I think it's it's a shame that the Clare Tip match is not on TV because, to me, this is a massive stating the obvious. I suppose a massive game because the losers, you know, if 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 Clare lose to Tip um, tomorrow, they have to go to Limerick then and get a and get a win in the following in the next round, and conversely, if Tip, Tip have to go to down to Cork uh, for their, their next game, so you know if they lose uh, tomorrow so you could conceivably be looking at two losses in your first two games and and that just derails your whole you know the whole season for you so it, this game is a, a massive game um for for both Clare and, and Tip because they need to get a win um and get off get off to a winning start because they don't want to be facing into heading to Limerick or heading at Parky Cueve having to get a you know off the back of a loss so that's gonna be a huge game um but it is it, it, the state of the nation. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean the the, the, the Hurleys. I, I'll I'll reiterate uh, and Carl what James has said. I, I I use a size thirty seven at one point. I think myself and Henry and Michael Fenley were too. Like, which is I don't even think they make them anymore. Um, you know, and 
I, I think back to, you mentioned 95, I, one of the players I loved watching was Shawnee McMahon. Um, he was the first guy I remember who, you know, kind of almost consistently could put 65s over, which was, you know, it wasn't a guarantee back then, whereas now, you know, it's effectively a gimme uh, for players, you know, even even from further back. So the game has changed hugely, even from when I, you know, it's changed from when I played. Um, uh, and will continue to evolve, but um, but no, it's in, it's in a... I, I, I I still believe John is in a great 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 place. Um, the standards are continuing to be to be raised. You know, Limerick are, have evolved from when they won it uh, a couple of years ago for the first time, um, as any great team does. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this year and seeing can anyone close the gap on them. And you know, there's some mouth-watering games in the, over the over this weekend and next weekend. Okay, very quickly, folks, just uh, kind of one-word answers if we can. Um, prediction time. Michael Verney, all Ireland winners are. Limerick James O'Connor all Ireland winners are Limerick and Brian Hogan all Ireland winners are yeah three in a row Limerick four in a row <laughs> three in a row on the panel four in a row for the uh, yeah. for the Hurling Championship Michael Verney the Dark Horse County are Dark Horse probably Clare I'd say um, they, match, they match up well against Limerick so if they can continue that the problem is is that Limerick seem to take so much out of a team when they throw it down to them that Tip or Clare weren't able to back it up so I think they'll have a B in their banner over that and that all disappointing all Ireland semi-final performance so Clare will be the dark horse James O'Connor Dark horse is Cork don't know like don't know the team John won't know the team until next Friday night I mean so many injuries during the league Darrell Fitzgibbon you know obviously Robbie O'Flynn you know many of those guys are going to be available but there is talent in Cork they have pace um, a lot of pace in that team and yeah, I, I, I think they could be dangerous because if they have that innate confidence if they get on a roll, um, you know, no, there's, there's been something missing in Cork. Do, do, you know, does that, you know, do they have that physicality? Do they have that hardness? Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't see Limerick quaking their boots with Cork coming, but I still think they're, yeah, they, they could have beaten Galway last year in a quarter final, and for me, they're the dark horses. Brian Hogan, the dark horse county art, your own. Um, Can Kenny are never a dark horse? Like, come on now. <laughs> I, well, you could throw Cork into that mix then as well. But I, I, I'll, I'll go with, with Jamesy. I haven't been burned as much as Michael or scarred as much as Michael with, with Cork. But with Pat Ryan, you know, over them, I, I just because they've got so much pace in their team. I just think if they can pull it together, um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I'll go with, I'll, I'll, I agree with James. I think Cork potentially, but again, it could be. Okay. And just to finish, Hurler of the Year or Hurler to watch, uh, Michael Verney. Hurler of the Year at a massive price, Nicky Quaid. Right. Okay. Uh, Jamesy? Want to watch um, Mark Rogers. Right. Of the banner. And Brian? I'll go stay close to home. I'll go Billy Drennan hopefully you'll be back to fitness as well Brian Hogan uh, James O'Connor and Michael Verne you're all gents thanks so much for your time thanks for speaking to Off the Ball thanks for previewing the Hurling Championship around News Talk enjoy some great matches over the next few months folks and we'll chat soon you ain't shit I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd kick your ass <laughs>
Well, fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic <laughs> of her husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof with the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life, because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not like Stephen Rochard has never spoken to Jimmy McGinnis in his life. 